What's up, fam? Welcome back to another episode of That's the Angle. Right before we get into this episode, just wanted to say that if you're interested in sponsoring this podcast, feel free to hit me up at thebruceallen at gmail.com. And also, if you want to watch the podcast instead of listen to it, you know, maybe you're that kind of person, uh, youtube.com slash thebruceallen. That's where you can catch that. Anyways, guys, I hope you enjoy this interview with Brian, a.k.a. Brain Rap. He's an up-and-coming rapper in the Washington, D.C. area, and he has a lot of insight into life and to your timing and your purpose of life. Overall, great conversation. All right, guys, enjoy. Holy shit, that was quite the setup I just did, and now this mic is like... Well, because now, now we're here looking beautiful. We are, dude. How you feeling? I'm good, man. Yeah? I'm good. Oh, yeah. dude, this is like the first time I think I've sat down. No, it's, it's the first time I've sat and just chilled for a second all day. Yeah, that's kind of how I feel. I had a very like up and up and at it type day. I like just, well, I told you I just moved here. So I like rode my bike to the, for the first time to work. Dude, how and was I was that? like, I was like, yes. I was like, there's so many more people on bikes. I've like, I've joined this club. You know how like when you see something you buy this like certain pair of shoes and yeah. now you see the shoes everywhere that's yeah. how i felt with bikers today it was like real crazy i was like oh you know we're all part of the same club like i'm on your team now were guys you, were you freaked out trying to ride through dc nah it wasn't that bad i've done it a little bit before but like i've never actually just like lived in the city and like mm. just now i can do this all the time and that's so critical because i've been commuting here to work and for basically everything else for for years now dude me and you both i literally just moved into we moved to the same area columbia yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) we both like have a very similar story where i was we were both commuting in now we're both in the city and we're probably both riding bikes around yeah it's it's something i've been looking forward to doing for a while like i just just driving 40 45 minutes every day like back and forth just takes so much out of you like driving can be chill can be chill but it's still not like walking or like just taking some type of It's like you try to make the best of it by being like, Oh, I like the night drive is nice. The 45 minute yeah. drive back is actually really nice and relaxing. Yeah. But the drive here is just like, Holy, does someone end me right now. Dude. Yeah. I know exactly what you're talking it sucks. about. It's not, it's yeah, also, not ideal. Also, it's kind of ironic that it's not ironic. It actually sucks a bunch of ass that the bike from anywhere you go in Columbia, right? Columbia, like the bike ride down is all downhill. But then, then whenever you yeah, come up, it's all up. That's what I'm about to do home. <laughs> I already knew, like, my girl kind of located the spot. And I, like, I checked it out for myself. I was yeah. just like, I was like, damn, this is going to, she's much closer to work. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But I'm, you know, I'm a little bit further. And, like, so I was like, all right, it's going to be all downhill, which is going to be cool. And I was like, oh, it's going to be all uphill. Like the whole time, yeah. The worst time, right? When you but get off work, it's too. cool, you know. It's like one of those things you make the best of it. I'm, a, I'm, a, you might see me out here. My, my skinny jeans are fitting a little bit more snug, bro. You, you are hard to miss. You are, you are a very distinguished looking guy. For anyone <laughs> listening, uh, Bryant has a glorious fucking beard, yeah. Some good yeah. Mr. glasses, great, great. Yeah, yeah I've been, I've been coming, I've been getting more circle as time goes. This is my most circular it's like lens. Just... Yeah, no, if you like literally see where I started from, they were like the, my first pair of glasses, I was like 19, was like they were like rectangle <laughs> joints. Like, I, I still have them, and I'm just like, these were terrible. Oh. Like, I mean, they might have been okay for, you know, whatever time that was, but... You were 19 when you first got glasses? Yeah. Dang. I made it that far in life. Dude, 
I, me and my girlfriend have this joke where we, whenever we see a baby with glasses, we just kind of laugh a little bit. Like the yeah. rubber glasses that just like, I'm like, how do you know? You know what I mean? But I guess right. now they know, but you know, for me, they took, it took, I probably needed glasses earlier, but I just didn't, mm-hmm. I don't, it just wasn't apparent. And then I went to school and I was like, you know, I, I was like, damn, I can't see this shit. And now, like, my eyes have just gotten progressively worse with time. Uh, Every time I go back, they're like, oh, yeah, your prescription got stronger. Prescription. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, there was like a day in my life where I thought I needed glasses and I ended up getting a pair. And then, like, a week later, my eyes just felt better again. I was just like, oh, all right. Like, it was the weirdest thing. I, I, never I don't know what was causing you to have, like, messed up vision for a week. I know. But, anyways, guys, um, welcome back to <laughs> That's the Angle. And today I am here yeah. with Bryant, aka Brain Rap with yeah. two P's. With, two, with one extra yeah man and um it's it's crazy how we've met because we met at like a networking thing at we work yeah and yep. then i was like oh yeah this kid is pretty cool followed you on instagram we got the follow mm-hmm. back i was like yeah 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 then i saw you perform live you performed your album live at home dc and it was actually a complete accident that i, that I was there yeah it was a complete accident because i was actually there for the art show upstairs mm-hmm. i went downstairs just because i know amir and everyone who runs yeah it. And uh, I was like, Yo, what's going on? And I met you. I was like, what? You're performing? I'm like, what, what, what? <laughs> and, I was, and then I just ended up staying down there. Yeah, you stuck around for it, too. Dude, it was way cooler than what was going on upstairs. Upstairs, cool. it was like this girl's like really stuffy L.A. art show. It but, looked like there were some fancy people in, up there, too, because I saw some people outside. I was like, damn, that looked like a different vibe than probably what I had <laughs> happening. That it thing. was like the whole squad of fitchy girls yeah. like, who wear yoga pants for a living. But we're all at that art show. Mm. I mean, no shade to them, like props. Yeah, to them yeah, and, like, yeah. But it was companies. it was a di- it's a different atmosphere. It was it was a vibe, but it wasn't a vibe. But yours was a vibe. And downstairs, <laughs> it was sick. You're in this tiny studio, freaking everyone there. Everyone's there. Your parents are there, and it was like it was so cool because my parents would be at my thing too. And um, in this tiny space, you had a drummer, a freaking guy playing the piano, and you rapping, dude. Yeah. Blew me away that night, man. Thank you, man. That was that was fun. I've been waiting a long time to do that. And like that whole event just worked. It went really well. Like even the daytime. Like the whole daytime was like seamless. Like I've been doing events and like doing things with 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 friends and for since the beginning of my career. Like I've been always been like kind of DIY with shows. So like mm. even the show itself is like a progression. You know, like as the music progresses and gets better, you know, like so does the presentation of it because I understand myself better and I understand what yeah. I want. And I realized that like, I can just create everything that I want. Mm. You know what I mean? Like I can create a, the atmosphere. I can control it. You know, people think that they have tell. to go to, they have to go to venues and they have yeah. to do, and some people that works really well for, you know what I mean? Like if I knew a hundred people or 200 people were going to come see me, I'm limited to what I can do. I can't mm. really pack that obviously not in the room we were in, but like yeah, even a bigger room that could accommodate like with that many people, you kind of want somebody who's officially bartending something. Mm-hmm. You want like security, you want those type of things because you don't want it all to be on you. But when you know, like 30, 40 people, 50 people might come to your thing. It's like, there's levels to it. And it's like, every time you do that event, you just get better and better yeah. and better. And you know how to flush it out more. Right. Exactly. You know, like, because coming from a, a a time where I was just like, you know, put, we would, me and my homie nature would just put like, you know, rappers on bills. We were throwing showcases, but like we were always, because as artists ourselves, we went to so many bad events, especially like mm. hip hop events or I would say more were now. Cause I feel like a lot of people are really getting the hang of like, I can curate a good event 
and have things run pretty well. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But I think even a couple of years ago, like it was just like put 20 artists on the bill. Everybody's performing one song. It sucked for the artists. It sucked for the people who got dragged out to go see that thing. Yeah. And like, we knew that, you know what I mean? Like we were just like, eh, now, it's, it's, it's be definitely, it's different. Like the event experience has changed so much and it's, 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 it's gotten to a thing where it's up to the artist, the creative to almost put themselves on to create this atmosphere and to promote their own event at, <laughs> yeah. at someone's spot that yeah. they're probably getting pro bono. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, um, I mean, at least for me, like I just have to do everything, you mm-hmm. know, like I'm very hands on because yeah. If it's not me, then there's no one else. The thing doesn't happen. Like, I, I can't just sit around and be like, damn, I wish this cool event happened. You know, it's like, all right, well, I got to do it. And then you do it. And you're like, all right, this could be more interesting. Mm-hmm. And like, it just worked out. It worked out to like with the theme of the album and everything as well. well you know, like before we get into that, though, how long have you been in like the rap game and putting on events? But I guess with that. Um, so I did my first performance back in. It's 2011, I think, was the first time I ever, like, like actually did a show. Um, maybe that was, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it was 2012, but I feel like it was 2011. Yeah. I remember when it was. It was Halloween. I just can't remember if it was tw- 2011. I mean, we got a seven, eight years. That's still a lot of time. Yeah, yeah. And that was, like, the first time. And then it was just more. And then I think the first time I organized a show... Was, again, was again, me and Nature put together a thing for, I think... Maybe a year or two later, you know what I mean? So probably since like 2013, you know, like occasionally, especially when I need a show, like a lot of times I'll just make one, you know what I mean? Like what do I you do mean just make a show, like make a reason to, for myself to perform because oh, like, believe yeah, it or yeah. not, like, you know, there's a lot of people who, you know, who know me and know me as a musician, but like, I don't really get booked a lot mm-hmm. for things. So like. Instead of being like, oh, well, why does nobody book me? I'm just like, all right, you know what? Cool. I don't care. Like, I make my own thing. That's probably like the better way to do it. Like on your rush shit, you know, just yeah. putting your own self on, like I said, making the events. And- yeah, it's it's fine. It works out fine. I mean, I think at a time where it was just like, oh, man, you know why? But why, why do you I, think no one's putting you on bills? I don't know. I don't know. Because you're a white rapper? <laughs> I don't. That's, that's, that's such an easy excuse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I don't know. I just, I think that sometimes people don't know. I'm not, into, I'm not really sure. I always think about that. I'm, I'm like, it's I don't know. Like, obviously, like, I'm a good performer. I, th- I think I am. Like, My performance was good. Yeah. And, like, I, I think people are often surprised. And it takes, like, seeing me live to actually be like, oh, no, this is cool. This is, like, this works. Well, you I, know what I mean? Because I've had so many yeah. people be like, yo, that was really good. And I'm like, like, people who know me mm-hmm. as an artist. Like, if you just don't know me from anything, I'm like, yeah. Like, I know. I've been doing this for a long time. Like, you would think that you, you know, you would be all right by now, but I don't really know what it is. I think sometimes it's hard to identify for somebody what my like draw is or like what attracts people to something that I'm doing. Like I'm hard to put in a box. Like I don't fit that's, I think, well. I think into, that's what it is, is because from an outsider perspective, it's like you're, you're pretty counter to what's popular right now in like the rap game. It, you know, you're performing with a band. Your thoughts are, your lyrics are very thoughtful and like almost in stories. Yeah, you you prevent you're presenting everything in a different way, in your own way. Yeah, and I think that's like kind of just one of those things that you learn as you go. Yeah, is like how better to kind of just present yourself or like accentuate the things that are good about you, or you know that you think are cool about you or interesting. 
you know, and differentiate yourself. But I think for other people, they're just kind of like, I don't, I don't know what, I don't know what's going on here. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? To an extent they're like, I could see this, but maybe not, you know? So it's like, okay, that's fine. If, if it's going to take me to, to put me where I'm going to go, then like, that's just what it is. Yeah. You know, like I can't. And you're talking like, like those festival shows, I guess, like I those mean, kinds of books. Festivals, like, even just like, you know, just like stuff around the city. Really? Like it's, it's always strange to me. Like how many people know me mm. when we see each other, press it's like, yo, what's up, what's up, what's up. And like, but there's not a people blowing up my line to put me on a bill or something. Believe me, there's like a lot of shows going on around like cities in between cities, but like, it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> like that's cool. It just, it's just funny to me. Cause I'm like, yo, I like, I mess with y'all. Like, why don't y'all? Yeah. I did. But it's, it's always been like that way. Like I've always kind of felt, um, you know, like somewhat of an outside or to a lot of things. And that's just like in life in general, but, like I'll be in, yeah. in a part of something, but it's like, you're not all the way a part of something. That's kind of interesting. You always feel like an outsider. Yeah. I don't know. I just think like, like you're not like whatever it is you're involved with. You're not fully like pulled in into that thing. Yeah. Like, and that's always, so you kind of feel like that with like the DC rap scene a little bit. I, I, I think I feel about that a little bit with the DMV, like, cause there's a lot of like artists, you know, artists supporting artists and stuff like that. But like, and it's weird too, for to come from a place where like, especially like me and I always, always talk about nature cause we did so much work together. It's like, that was never like, he's been putting artists on bills and things like that and putting together shows, whether it's small things or like, you know, even having that, you know, local people coming through to, you know, to do the Fillmore, like mm-hmm. booking acts for Fillmore, putting local talent because they were going to him the Fillmore, you know what I mean? You would think that like you put your arms around people to do that, but it's like, it's not so much that way, but there's definitely, and uh, like, it all just goes back to, I think for me, like just being somewhat of different, like, even in the, in like the DMV, like I'm from Columbia, I'm from Columbia, Maryland. Damn. You know what I mean? Like, most people would be like, all right, the DMV is anywhere the Metro touches. That's not Howard County. How, how, how do you, Howard County and Columbia is particularly like smack in between and that's kind Baltimore of like, that's and DC. Cause even, yeah. And then even Baltimore too. Like if people were like, Oh, you're a Baltimore rapper. I'm like, no, like I'm, I'm not because I know mm-hmm. people who are. So there's always that like kind of regional thing too, with a, like a lot of scenes, like oh, where they just know that you are from somewhere else. It's like, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like, I, I get the mentality for, for, from, from people. Cause it's easy to feel like that too, because when you're not in the city and you're commuting in, yeah, like, like you really kind of, are like that weird thing in the back of your head. It's like, uh, uh, it's like yeah. a photographer. I'm like, yeah, I'm a DC based photographer, but I live in Virginia. Yeah. But, but now either of us don't. Yeah. It's like, I live in DC, but like, I'm not from DC. Well, like, I, you know, too. it's like, I'm living, I'm living I could be in Baltimore. It's like, yeah, I live in Baltimore. I'm from Baltimore. Especially it's like when you really know people who are from those areas. It's like, nah, we have a different, we've, we've had some different, you know, life experience. I, I think that is, that's to say, obviously with anywhere yeah. being in two different places. But I think in terms of being in an art scene, like there's, there's that. But I think over time, it's hard to commute into an art scene. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. Cause you're not really, really, you don't get to be in it because like, you if there's something going on yeah. last minute, I just can't get there, mm-hmm. you know, right away. Sometimes I can, but there's also things that happen when, you know, you're walking down the street or where we're going to the next event right. is over there. So it's like, 
it's harder to to really be like fully immersed in something. So like. I totally, I totally get it's like, that. Yeah, it's like you can't just taste the sauce. You got to fully dive in the sauce and be, be a part in of the it. sauce. It, Tuesday night, you can't just pop up to see your homie's event. You're like, oh, it's four to five minutes, and yeah. I'm having you drink. Yeah, this is an back. hour and a half. If you I know? drink and then too much, like, yep. shit. So and then now you can just boop, boop, bing, bing. Like, right. You know, I call I, I a lift, get on a, you know, whatever. But back to what you're saying about not being accepted, I think in a lot of ways there could be a lot of beauty in that, where it's like you have your years. I feel like looking at you, it's so developed, dude. Like. The brain wrap, all your graphics look so good. Thank you. And that's something that's, you did. That's, you did, you that's, designed those? Yeah, that's Man, something that's developed that. over the years yeah. too. Like, there's few things. I mean, there's obviously a lot, but like, that's one of the things that I'm like most proud of is like having to do flyers for myself or wanting to, not always mm-hmm. having to, because I, I like, I've always had a bar for, for visual art, mm-hmm. even before I knew that I had one. You know, like whether it was buying clothes or something like it's all part of the same type of thinking, I think. And Mm -hmm. that's why, you know, I would some of you, you know, when I would go do one of those things with 20 artists on it and one song, like I would look at what I was saying. I was like, this is terrible. Like nobody should be looking at this. Like it's not informative. It's not good at all. So I was just like. And then I remember one time I paid somebody to make a flyer for me. It took one time. <laughs> and this is weird because it's counter That's kind of dangerous. the actual business that, that, that I have, you know, yeah. like my side hustle doing design for people. You know what I mean? And like, but it came from me getting a flyer from somebody and I was like, damn, yo, I just paid you 80 bucks to do that. I could do this. And that's where it came from. And I was just like, all right. I'm going to, you know, I downloaded some I have a program that I use for years. It was called Affinity Design. It was $50. It's that. like a, it's a blend of like um, Photoshop and Illustrator and the same kind of thing. So they oh. have like, you know, your raster image editor and then your vector and like another thing. And like, it's not the best thing in the world and there's not like a huge user community for it. So like when you have a problem and you want to know something, you can't just YouTube a video. Mm. You can't YouTube mm. 10 videos of it if you it's even not found like Photoshop one. or Premiere where you There's can see that. There's so much I've never even heard of that. Even, even as someone who spends a lot of time in like a program, editing pimples off someone's face and changing the colors of the backdrops. I've never yeah. heard of that. Yeah, it's affinity. Affinity But it design. seems like you just got into that part out of necessity. You yeah, know, as, purely. As like another element to add. It's you're, you're like, I don't like the events. I'm going to put my own. I don't, I don't like <laughs> the designs. I'm going to do it myself. And, the, and the, so there's also an element with me too of like, I know that when it comes to my art and maybe it comes to other things in my life is like, you get a, like a control freak vibe. Like mm-hmm. I know that, you know what I mean? I know that about myself is like, it would be very hard for me to have certain other people, like even helping sometimes. Cause I'd be like, yo, you got this. You know what I mean? Like, because my standards are high for like what I have for myself. So obviously they're going to be like that for somebody else. So, <laughs> but that's where it all came from is like, nah, man, like I don't like the way, this looks this could be better you know the flyer could be better and i think art and the reason why it's always been so important to me like it's the first thing people see before they even hear you for the most part it's the brand is they the they, they see you you know like whether it's a, a physical photo of you or a graphic or whatever it is it's just it's you in a in a graphic sense so like you want to you want to give yourself the best shot because there are songs where i've never listened to them I probably never listened because I was like, man, this art's whack. It's the same thing as like going to buy a bottle of wine. Like I buy bottles of wine 
almost strictly on the art that's found. Once I'm like, okay, what am yeah, I? I think everyone buys a bottle of wine depending yeah. on the art that's from it. If if I'm looking, no one really knows what they're looking at. Right. If I'm looking for a red, if I do, I make the decision. All right, do I want white or red? That's my categories. Once mm-hmm. I'm in red category, I'm looking at all red. You know what I mean? Like, and then if that one's cool and it's it's between twelve and eighteen dollars, <laughs> no more I'm than buying the white bottle. We're good. Yeah, I was like, I'm buying that one. And that's how it is with music. You know what I mean? I think at least from a, a visual sense, like, and two, here's the other thing with the flyers is that what I encountered, anybody who's tried to ever put on an event knows that like, you got to have a dope flyer, right? Well that, but it's like everybody sees everything you do and they like, and they comment, they interact with it. The moment you post a flyer for the most part, people are like, I didn't see it. You, nobody likes it. Right. People don't like it, flyers. It, it, not only that, but you can post a flyer in your story for something you're doing, and you know they see it. Mm-hmm. Like they're your friends, and yeah. they don't go to yeah, your everybody event. Everybody sees it. Yeah. And and literally, <laughs> I've had this happen. I'm like, why weren't you there? And they're yeah. like, you didn't invite me. I'm like, that, yeah, like, yeah. I, you, I can't invite everybody. Like, like everyone wants like a personal invite yeah. these days. Well, that's what I started doing too. Like when I I send yeah, I'll, I'll spend a day and I'll just text people and I'll just be like, yo, what's up? I mean, it's cool. It's fun to do, but like. My hands feel like I'm gonna fall off. Like they're gonna fall off. Copy pasta. On yeah, that thing. Just, uh, I just been like, "Yo, what's uh, up? What's up?" You know. But that's kind of. Do you feel like you being in the city is going to kind of help propel your your rap game? Because I'm assuming that the whole point of you doing it is that you want that to be your main thing. I do. Like I do. I think it's just been so long that it's like it's hard for me to imagine what life would be like just making music. I've never had you know, really taken or had that opportunity. I mean, I feel, I think few people ever really do except for like, if you have some type of major support, that's like, mm-hmm. look, you know, we got you good. Just stay in the studio and keep creating and keep creating. But like 98% of the artists that I know don't have that opportunity, you know what I mean? Or don't have that situation for I themselves. Mean, it's a rare situation. Yeah, of course it's super rare. So, you know, it's always been balancing work and like living and doing a million other things. I think you know what I mean? Like, is like you have yeah. to be, you literally have to be multidimensional these so, days. And that's what I think about sometimes. I'm like, honestly, would I want it to be like, have more things taken care of? Like, I don't know what it would be like to just have to stay in a studio all day and like write songs. Like, mm-hmm. I think that would drain my creativity. Like I get, you know, my ideas from living, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Maybe that would spur some because that's a different situation. I've never been in that before, but like mostly it's, something that's going on in my life is it's not mostly that i feel like when you're a full or a full when that's like your main source of income as an artist i think it's very romantic to be i'm always in the studio but you're doing (laughs) stuff like this everywhere you're you're touring you're the band you're on the show it's crazy yeah and like when you're you know out making moves and doing shows like you don't really have that much just go 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 yeah exactly and i feel like that's like sort of what this prepares you for because like today is that, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And the most days are like, I don't clock in or out. Like I literally I'll go and work and I'll drive home or, you know, now hopefully I'll ride my bike home and I just go work more. Like I don't, you know what I mean? I don't have like a ton of hobbies that I do outside of like work. Luckily, like my work things are fun. What do you do? For, what do you do for work? By the way? I'm a barista. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So big coffee. 
coffee moves. Right. Coffee's dope. We'll definitely talk about that in a little bit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm a huge you have to. Too, okay, man. cool, yeah. cool, cool. I planned on that one. I was like, ooh, yeah. I got more coffee questions than anything now. Nah, nah. <laughs> no, no, um, no, but it's like your, your, your creative life and everything just sort of weaves in and out of itself. It's mm-hmm. like, and it builds upon itself. Mm-hmm. Like the more, like one creative thing leads to another. And like, that's fun for me. Like I've always, I would always like to juggle that balance. Like that would be fun for me. It would just be real fun knowing that like, I have a savings account that's growing or something like that. You know what I mean? You're practical. <laughs> yeah. It's like, <laughs> like you're, you're, you're just, not only practical, but you're, you're doing what you want. Going full dive is probably not the safest thing. No, no, no. I've anyone. never, like, I've never felt, I've never felt that way. And like, I take some risk, but I'm like risk averse in that category. Mm. Like it would, a lot of that, like, yes, I could have completely just quit my job. I tried for a little while, but it was just like, I had to, also had too much free time. I've been working since I was 14, mm. not 14. like a ton, but like progressively more and more in life. But like, I've always had sort of the structure of, I think I need structure. Like how, having mm. a job and working part-time helps me be more productive because if I wake yeah, up and it's slots. just like, uh, even I have trouble like getting self-started some days. Dude, trust me, you're right on the money because I've been full-time photographer for, a year now mm-hmm. and it's weird like i'll be talking to my friends I'm like i think i need to regiment my schedule because i wake up in the morning and you kind of have this time you where you don't have to do it's 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 interesting where you have to be so disciplined to kind of segment your day into little blocks and, yeah. com- and compartmentalize Absolutely. it where otherwise i could literally sit there and just not do anything all of a sudden i'm behind on edits behind on yeah. emails behind on everything and but if and, i get up and and go in the morning like when i have to open at work like I have to previously I had to get up at like five thirty mm-hmm. to make it to work by six thirty. Yeah, you gotta wake up before that. Yeah, like else yeah, 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 and like go in there and sit up, and it's just. But I I'm so productive those days, mm. like because I I don't I'm not gonna go home and take a nap. Like luckily I work in a coffee shop and basically I'm just fueled on caffeine for the most part. Like so I just get home and just. You know, work on a design, write, you know, like... But it's, work. Like very limited. It's, yeah. It's, it's I have, work. I have three hours right now that I could even, you know... Right. Yeah, and it, especially with, like, songwriting, like, all of Bloom was written probably in three hours after one day. Yeah, what's the Three process? hours after what's, one day. the writing process, for, especially, I guess, considering for Bloom and stuff? Um, that was... Your recent EP that just came out that you can get anywhere. Everywhere. <laughs> any and everywhere. Um, but no, that was really, um, just, just after work. I probably wrote a bulk of that between, like, three and six o'clock Monday through Friday. Like, cause I have very, I also get creative, like writing wise. Like I have like a set time that I do it just because of work. Like I open most days at work. So that would put me back to Columbia by like two 30 if I'm off at one. Oh yeah. So yeah, then I would just go make a cup of coffee and I would either go sit out on the front porch of like my parents' house where I was living at the time or like go outside somewhere. I wrote a lot of it outside. Mm. Um, a little bit in like the little basement that I lived in. But for the most part, it was like sitting outside. I think like I get more creative with just being out in the open or having stuff to look at. Is it the trees, man? I don't know. The if Energy it's the, tree. the trees. It is the energy. No. So also I like, I don't really smoke at all. And like, especially not when I 
create. Really? Um, I started, I'm not going to lie, man. If I just looked at you, I'd be like, that guy smokes a lot of bud. <laughs> people it. think that, yeah. But, well, also, a lot of people don't know that I do smoke. It's weird, oh. like, because I definitely do, but just not a lot. And not as much as I did at one at a, for a big chunk of time in my life. But I found that when it comes to writing, when I'm high, really good freestyle, just rhyming words together game. Like, but it, because I'm high, I have trouble um, really feeling like I feel high. So you're like the message, like if I, like, let's say I was real, like maybe I'm, I'm sad or something, or maybe I'm feeling, um, uh, you know, angry or whatever. If I'm, if I get high, then I just feel high. Uh, you're, you're not all you're the stuff that I cared about. Emotion. Yeah. It detaches me. So like I have to write sober. I realize that I write more con- better content wise. Like, do you not sober. like, do you not like the feeling of being baked? No, I do. I do but it, now it's more like time. I love making beats high. I like writing high. It's just, I want to have things that mean something. Like I want to make songs that have feeling. That's smart though. You know and, that you can't do everything baked. Like, yeah, hell yeah. Part of, like growing up and realizing, wow, I just can't talk on the phone to strangers baked. It's just hard to do. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. No, it totally is. And like, and so the writing process was really, it's more a product of, of caffeine than anything, <laughs> than anything else. Caffeine, obviously. And just whatever vibes I had, just being outside. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I wrote, I think I wrote light sitting out by this lake in Columbia. Damn. Like just bring my, I just bring my laptop out with me. I type everything too. I write on my laptop. I don't pen and paper thing is, that's it was old, always hard. For, it was just, too messy for me. Like yeah. if I have to cross out, cause I delete a lot of stuff cause it needs to like sound right. It needs to even like look that's right. interesting that you do type it though. I feel like sometimes that could be, you must type fast as hell. I, uh, yeah, I'm pretty, I, I do type okay. kind of quick. Yeah. <laughs> Some people they'd be like, I used to be on Mavis Beacon heavy, heavy. I don't know if you ever like in school or whatever. They had this program called Mavis Beacon and it was like a, it taught you how to type, but it had this racing game with a car and the faster you typed like, and without any, like it was like this race and we used to have races in class. Yeah. It was your words per minute and how many, yeah, it would give you like the whole readout. So it's like, it's free flowing for you when you're typing, you're, you're typing. And if something, and if something doesn't like work, Mm Mm-hmm. I just backspace it out. You know what yeah. I mean? I don't leave it. Otherwise I'd have to cross it out. And then like I write every once in a while in like a notepad. Sometimes it's helped me or, or maybe it's all I have. I don't know. Um, but for the most part, like if I'm writing, I'm like, damn, this is whack. So I got one rhyme. I got half a bar up here, half a bar down here, half a like, and I'm trying to get the flow of it. And it just is broken up by all the things I crossed out. I think it's about me all works, the way off. It's like whatever works for you, you know? Hell yeah. Like yeah. Who cares how else does it with their freaking mole skin and some shit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I wish I could have like a notebook book full of like, mm-hmm. like a leather bound notebook full of like <laughs> great rhymes and I could like unfold it. And like, like this is my, here, this is why I leave this to you. Like Kurt Cobain's diary. Like, I know. No, I do wish that I had like some, more like physical things of my songs. I like, here's where I actually wrote it. But like, this is where I thought about I this could, phrase. I could show you a word document. <laughs> that said, but the cool thing is, is I've have everything stored that mm. I've ever written ever because I started this, this document when I was 13. 
Whoa, you do it all in one document? Yeah, it's that's, all it's that, all in the same place. That makes me nervous, man. I'm not gonna lie. Please help me have that backed up like four times. It's uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's very bad. I apologize up. for assuming you're stupid. Nah, no, 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 it's okay. <laughs> I mean, there was a, probably a while where it wasn't. You yeah. know what I mean? But like it's all there. But the cool thing is is like I can control I can like look at the word count. So I can so, look at the like the letters and paragraphs. It's your your is it an album or an EP? I've been calling it an album because it feels like an album to me. I looked at the actual like exact definitions the other day because I needed it for, Oh, I was registering the music. Mm. Um, and I was like, what's the distinction? What is the distinction? between? It was like an EP is usually like two or three songs. Mm -hmm. Whereas like a, um, album can be like seven, but it's a length thing. Two, I think they they said it's anything over twenty five minutes. Is an album? Yeah, or something like that. Um, there's actual some distinction, but I, but nobody cares. You know what I mean? Sometimes I say project, sometimes I say album. I used to say EP. This one just felt like an album. I was like, yeah. you don't put this much thought and effort and concept into a, a piece cohesive. of work. Why'd you name it Bloom, by the way? Um, originally it was gonna be called Late Bloomer. Um, because mm. like that's kind of how I felt. I'm like, damn. I feel like I'm just figuring out things that like maybe other people knew about themselves earlier in life. But like, I feel like I'm late in some way, you know, I, maybe everybody feels like that to some certain extent, but I feel like I was late to really pursue and find like what I should be doing. Like your purpose. Yeah. My, like my purpose or For even now. like my passion too. your passion, yeah. because like, you know, throughout earlier parts of my life, I didn't recognize the things that I was doing for fun were my passions. You know, I, I went into science because that's what, you know, was kind of modeled for me. And I have a great respect for, for science and, and I really love it. And if it wasn't for music, that's probably what I'd be. And I'd be happy with it. You know, my parents are scientists like that was, Oh wow. Yeah. So like I have a degree in environmental science. Like, so you thought that was the path, I guess, for you or something? Yeah, because it, it was very sensible for me to do that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that was kind of what you did. You know, you, you graduate, you go to school, you get your degree, you get a job. And, you know, if you got hobbies and stuff like that, you can always do them. But it's in between this thing and it has to be the thing that you went for, to school for. Mm -hmm. Or not has to be like... But, you know, it kind of is. That's Wait, what you do. It's different you know? because it's, there's so much pressure to feel like you have it figured out. And it's so easy to look at kids who are 22, 23 who do have it figured out. <laughs> yeah. And, it, and I, like, I, Damn, I, I felt that too. I feel that now even as yeah. a 28-year-old photographer. Like, I, I'm yeah. only two, three years in the game. I'm like, fuck, I wish I was doing this for five or six. Some of these 23-year-olds have been doing for five or six. Right. And I'm like, am I late? Am I too yeah. late? Am I... Did that, I that's, that's, re that's really late. I mean, like on this on time, I say it's like... It's like, don't say that it's too late. Don't show me a closed door. It's like, I don't want to feel that way. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't want to feel like it's too late to do almost anything. You know what I mean? I think maybe that's like the ultimate FOMO of life is like fear of missing out on the thing that you should have been doing or like following a dream. Like, I think that's, that's probably the ultimate FOMO is that you get to some point in your life and you're like, man, this is what it was. But let's say you do have that happen how do you accept that? And like, how do you just work within that and be like, all right, cool. Like for me, all the stuff that has happened, put me in a position for any of that to happen. Mm. You know what I mean? Like I had to do everything in order for me to get to this place. So I can't really 
there is no other way, you know, obviously you can't go back and change things, but like, it was also these experiences. Like they led me to this thing. Like, yeah, maybe I can look back and be like, Oh, well in hindsight, that's dangerous. I could have done, it's so I could have gone left when I, when I went right. You know what I mean? And And like, that'll stop you though. Like looking back like that, it, that will eat you up on the inside. And that one choice you wish would have made, like you can never look back like that. It's not, it's like the rear view mirror in your car. Look back at it sometimes, but don't, Think about it too much. Yeah, it's important to to understand, you know, your context and in, in life. But at the same time, it is. It's not important really to, you know, you. It's like one of those things. You're looking backwards. You're gonna miss what's in front of you. And like the fact that's in front of me is like that. I am here. You know what I mean? Like I'm doing now what I, I feel like I truly should be doing, and certainly what I want to be doing. You know, <laughs> you hit the nail right in the head where that feeling of being in your mid to late twenties and feeling like you're, you missed your timing or you're too late or less, let me just roll yeah. with it now. Now that I'm doing this because it's, we, I think we come from the last of, of that generation that was forced into college or forced into. This yeah. Way of I thinking. think it's finally like and changing think, a bit now for it, real. And so I think our generation, we're feeling the, the effects of that where, mm-hmm we're late twenties, mid twenties, and we're changing our career to, to fulfill our purpose. But there's many right. people who aren't and they are, and they feel terrible, man. Yeah. And they're like, they feel like they're too far into something. And like, that's such a, like I had this, this feeling when I graduated college, um, where I was like, I was looking down a hallway and I could just see my life unfolding in that hallway. Damn. And like, I was like, uh, like this sucks maybe you know what it was earlier than that that was really like i think when i started to walk down a different hallway what did you see in in the hallway like i at the time this was a little bit earlier so i'm gonna dial it back a little bit earlier than that but like i was probably like 19 20 yeah and i was with i've been with the same girl for like since the beginning of high school whoa and like that's a whole nother story but it was like i thought at one time i was like i'll probably marry this person whoa you know like I'm going to go to college. We're going to be, you know, and then I'm going to, and then I have an older brother and sister. So I could kind of see what their lives were turning Mm -hmm. into because they're six and nine years older than me. So they're like a good bit older than me. I was like, damn, well, when I'm 30, you know, I'm, I'm, well, I'm probably going to be getting married. And then like, I'm going to get a house and all these things. It seems like a good age for all that. It does. Yeah. Well, so here's the thing is I I turned 30 this summer. So that influenced a lot of the writing was me being 29 and being like, damn, like people, people don't, this age is coming that I thought I would be in a different place completely facts, dude. And then I wasn't. And I'm just like, like so much of bloom. If you listen to it in that frame of mind is like, I think of accepting one's age and place in life and trying to feel good about it when there's a lot of societal pressure to feel bad. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, tra- you know, trapping out my parents' basement came from the fact that like, I'm the person that I used to joke about being or that like, you know, it's a, like a pop culture thing. We're like, you don't want to be 30 and living in your parents' basement. Do you? That is that, you that know what literally I mean? is the worst feeling like that. Yeah. When you hear that too, you're so like, you don't want to be at McDonald's flipping burgers. And I'm like, I'm at La Cologne whipping lattes. Like it's not, I'm I work in a service job. You know what I mean? And there's stigma that comes with that. Like there's people I serve who, you know, they are three years younger than me and make 
four times as much as me because they're software developers i mean i work right down the street from doj and it's so easy it's so easy to feel down on yourself about that it's so it's so easy that you have to feel so good about yourself that you will because you'll see it and you see it more than probably the most person because you see them all coming to get their coffee with their nice ass suits they got got 25 you just bought a condo on u street and you're just like (laughs) did i make the wrong choice right you know but then i also and it was like one of those things that i kind of learned is that I realize I see something else too, is that I have a freedom that they lack and a freedom that they might not ever be able to have. And they look at you yeah. with that sort of, absolutely. I realized that like it wasn't, and it's not like on some negative thing, but it's just like this common ground where we're like, we're meeting in this place. It's funny. I actually have a song like literally just about this whole ideas, but it's like, you look at me because I like I'm I'm at work I'm chilling I got whatever I want on I'm I think about my problems like the espresso is off right now it's stressing me out a little bit like I got to dial this espresso in mm-hmm. and then like you know or like maybe something's not working early in the morning and I got to fix it before everybody comes in yeah I'm like man this person is like you know they work at Department of Justice and they got like a crisis on their hands of national security and you're and like about the and it's machine. all on yeah. them and I'm worried about like the fact that the they were out of oat milk you Ugh. know what I mean I'm like damn my level of problems are different and then I also think about it and I'm like you know like when I get out of, like I'm here because I really like being here like I like serving coffee I like making coffee I like coffee mm-hmm. that's why I'm here I want a career that eventually makes me more in coffee and in terms of, and also with music and art and stuff. But like, it's interesting, but your level of, your level of problems are different than it's, it almost seems like the bigger problems you solve, the more you get paid. But it's also very trivial to think that way because then it devalues everyone else's problems. Of course, of course. And it's like, we all got problems. And then the flip side of it is that people got crazy problems and they're only making minimum wage. And like, it's really nice when, yeah, you got problems, but if your car breaks down, you can buy a new one. Not that's not the same for everybody. So it's different, but like in certain in my circumstance, I'm like, damn, you know what? I'm not this is kind of chill. And like I know that I'm in there relaxed. I have enough energy to be nice, you know, really nice to people and like engage them and talk to them. And I also understood like I have a you know, a power, like an energy, like to have somebody have a good experience, you know what I mean? that can change the whole course of your day is like, damn, that dude made me laugh early this morning. Like they go to a job that sucks for them. And maybe they, maybe they aren't living their dream or they're not chasing their passion. And like, yeah, I mean, yeah they, great, but they make, yeah. you know, they're making crazy money, but they don't have anything to do after work. They right. have nothing that calls to them when they get off of work. And like that, that sucks. You know, like I imagine that that sucks. Like I am busy all day. Like you never not have something. I never not have something to do. And also the idea and, but also the more I invest in what I'm doing, like I'm losing on it. You know what I mean? Like it's, I spend, I mean, when it comes to music, like for me to make back what I've spent, like to make an album, I have to, Make way more. Yeah, <laughs> make it's way it's more hard money. to look at it monetarily. <laughs> I feel like anything you want to do that's worth doing that's, requires investment. Of course, yeah, it, monetarily, it, time, energy, every, everything. Mentally. It's a, it's a major, a major, major investment. And like, I'm cool with that. That doesn't that doesn't blow me because if it was like if I was doing it for the money, I'd be doing something else. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like this is 
something where it takes creativity in and of itself just to get the business right. You're like, you got to have to be on top of yeah. writing songs. I have to be creative in basically every other aspect of my life. Like it's an art, like making money is an art. Taking the thing making money is a skill. Yeah. It's a skill. Taking the art, thing yeah. that you do and making money from it. And the more left what you do is the more artistic that that flip is, mm-hmm. you know, like somebody is sitting around making 3d printing a little, you know, figurine. It's just like how, you know what I mean? But they're, if there's a niche market somewhere that if they just can figure out the right hashtag or the right Bro, thing, there's... the right subreddit, and then they find these people, then all of a sudden they're making money selling the most random thing that you could have imagined. And they're doing it, but it was an art. They, they work for years, not yeah. only to be able to make the thing, but also to figure out, to find the people who want the thing. And like, I think the more, and this goes back to what we were talking about earlier, the more that you're outside of any one box, the more creative you have to be in finding the people that are for you. Cause I think mm-hmm. that if you have anything that you're passionate about, somebody can love that thing with you. There's somebody who's going to share at some level. You, you can make a living just talking about old records, talking about different microphones. You can make a living these days from everything, but yeah. you know, but you have to be creative. You have to, to be, do that. You have to be so creative. But, you know, going back to the bloom, because I feel like this is very important. I mean, that subject matter of being lost and late blooming and in, in, in your 20s, I don't know necessarily, but dude, you hit me right in the gut, in the heart, in the brain. Like, I was like, he literally said everything I was scared to say out loud. Like, mm. and I feel like th- that whole album is so relatable for so many people. Like, that is a. Yeah, you know, this is kind of the first time that, like, I've had people kind of reach out to me voluntarily and just be like, yo, this joint really like hit, it hit a certain, it hit some real ass shit. It, it, most people, it hit a nerve, you know, or, or not a nerve, but like it hit a, it hit an emotional mm-hmm. place for people. And like, that's cool because that's where I was when I made it, you know, mm-hmm. like I have to write these things. I don't have to share them. You know what I mean? But it helps for me to write these things for myself. Like that helps me. Those songs helped me. Mm. It's only a side effect that it could help somebody else. And that's why I share it. You know what I mean? Otherwise I keep everything to myself. It's just the realization that if it was helpful to me, it could be helpful to somebody else. And if you have anything that makes this world just a little bit, probably better of a place to make you feel a little bit better. So you can, approach your life with a little bit more, you know, pride or positivity or whatever, like that's a good thing. You should probably share it. Even if yeah. 10 people hear it, like you made 10 people's lives a little bit more livable. And like, that's cool. Like that's cool with me. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, art, and art should come from a self-serving place, you know, yeah. to, to sit there and be like, I wrote this just so we could hopefully chart and make millions of dollars. There is a place for that. Sure. But, but in general, as an artist putting their stuff out, it always has to be self-serving first. And like you said, it has that byproduct of it helped other people. Right. Yeah. That's like, that's really where it comes from. I mean, I think, you know, like all those songs, time in particular was like really one where I was like, this felt really good to write. I feel like I've processed some emotion in this. And like, that's where writing always came from with me. was like, it helped me distill 
my feelings into something that like something tangible where I could look at that and be like, true. I get that. Yeah. Like, because in order to take a, a complex feeling and distill it into like words and you know, you have only so many words to use that you really have to like understand to an extent what you're feeling and what you're trying to get out. And by the time you've done that, you're like, ah, okay. I get that. That, that, that is how, that's how I feel. Yeah, that's how you say it. That's how yeah. I can convey my, my feeling to these people. Right. Were you at all somewhat nervous or scared about putting out some of these very real thoughts that you talk about in this? Or that just not even crossed your mind? Nah. I rarely ever, like... I don't know. There, there might come a time... I hope that I reach a... Or, like have a song that like makes me feel that way. You know what I mean? Where I'm just like, damn, I don't know if people are ready to hear this. Mm. Like maybe there have been times not, I can't imagine anything really particularly during this project. Um, it was all stuff that I really wanted to share. Like I really had these things I wanted to say and I wanted them to be heard. Um, so that kind of helped, you know what I mean? Like, and I think too, like, you know, being transparent with your feelings is what really, you know, it's part of what makes somebody like a really good artist. It's essential. It's what, yeah. what people connect with. That's how you bond with someone is that one line, that one song that was exactly what you're going through that one point in right. time. And you're like, I forever fuck with this guy. Yeah. You it's know? like, it's like, he gets me. Yeah. I get, it's a, it's a connection. It's all about connecting, mm -hmm. you know, with, with, with people. It's just like, okay, that, this is the thing we connected on this point. Yeah. You know, this point, this point. And like, yeah, that's just the beauty. But like, this is like, and when the first times or people who really like were hitting me and they're like, yo, this was right on time for me. Like this was, this was right on time for me was what I've heard the most about the album. And I'm like, cool. Nice. Because I'm not alone. Clear. I never felt like I was alone. That was part of what drove me to say the things I was like, oh no, somebody's going to, somebody's feeling this too. Mm -hmm. Because it's not just me. I'm not the only person who lives in a world where there's a lot of pressure for you to do certain things at certain times in your life. And it's really, it's really lame, <laughs> you know, like it's really lame to feel like that, you know, like the pressure to have it all figured out by 32 right? or, or just to ever have it all figured out. I think, you know, a wise person would be like, I don't know. That's a weird, like, you know well, what I mean? I, where, where does that come from? Like, where, what is that pressure? Who, who invented that pressure? It's, it's like, it's, we did, you know what I mean? Like, that's the part about bloom too, is that nature isn't concerned with these things, particularly mm. time. What, what is time to a rock? We can't even think in geological time. Humans don't understand it. You know, like we can't fathom what a million years is. Oof. We can't, you know, when you start to think about how small and insignificant our lives are, it's like, so, you know, we're, we're just building purpose into life, but like, you know, a, a, plant isn't concerned with time it just it grows mm. and that's it you know what i mean and like that's kind of it grows without that restraint like there was it's funny i wrote um it grows without thinking about what, what you think about it in a way right exactly it's not like oh i had a so i had another set of skits that were gonna go or interludes between the albums mm -hmm. like ones that i actually um where it was my voice and I was speaking about it. And I had made this kind of analogy for the intro to time. It was just like, 
you know, you, you look around, you know, you really think a plant is turning, you know, looking around and being like, Oh my God, that, that guy next to me, he opened, he's, he grew, he started later than me. And now he's, he's blooming, you know, he's a flower now. Like, Oh, she over there. She's oh man. Like last week she was this tall and now she's this tall. Like is a plant really thinking about that? And I think that like the idea of behind bloom was just that, you know, like plants have a lot to teach us or nature has a lot to teach us about really kind of what's important. Yeah. You know, like really what's important. You can distill your life down to some of these smaller elements and just be like, you know what, you know, your light, you know, the idea that you have some power over your life, you know, because in nature, it's pretty unforgiving. You know what I mean? But we, because we're humans have some, element of actual choice and and that's a powerful thing we have choices and one thing i feel like you always can choose is like how you react to life Mm. you know what i mean like and it just goes through song by song with those things like but they all tie back to to nature essentially and i think that maybe the more that we get out of touch with the natural world the more that we forget that we're a part of it so we start living by Time, like time isn't real. Time it's, is the worst in the world. It's a human construct. It's complete. I mean, there's a lot of horrible. It's scary. You'll never get it back. And it's always running on you. Yeah, it's always. And I think that the more that we might be able to escape that way of thinking that we could just. We could live a little bit differently because I just mm. think there's a lot of pressure that comes from. From that confinement, like being confined to this space that other people's ideas of what points in time you need to be doing that you should be doing this right and it's it's different for everybody and like not only is it different do i think it's i don't think it's significant you know like it doesn't nothing really matters even in the scale of you know you think of the best artist right now who's making the most impactful music let's say let's say kendrick Mm -hmm. it's kendrick Lamar. And, you know, we know that, you know, it's like you want to be great. You're one of the greatest. But, like, how long are you? In 100 years, how long do we speak about these people? 200 years, 300 years. Most of us don't even care what's happening in 300 years. So how long does all the things that we're tripping over to get to these points even reverberate through time? In the span of it all, like, I mean, you think of all the most famous all the people who've lived over the course of time. You are, know, you, like, are you trying to say like your impact over time kind of thing? Like, yeah, as like, an artist, like, how long your impact still, actually lasts? Exactly. Like, so people still know, we still talk about Shakespeare. We still talk about Van Gogh. So right. Like, all these classic artists whose works will live for thousands and thousands yeah, of years. Some, some people, and then some of them will trade out. So it's like how much, especially of the moment that we're in now, like how much of what we're struggling for is really going to matter that much so i think what is important is that like we're affecting people now while we're here kind of thing i think what's interesting is the sense of validation that people want from their art or or anything they do you know i think a good question to ask yourself about not you but you know a good question to ask yourself is like would i be okay doing this for the rest of my life and not getting any recognition i mean look at van gogh he died anonymous then became famous he has no idea in his, anything in his, in his poor that heart, he did was he died sad and alone and, right. and could barely sell anything. His, right. his, his poor brother lied to him about art sales just to make him feel better, you know? And 
if, if, if you say, yeah, I would do this, whether or not I got views or whether or not I got listens, or whether or not I got streams, then maybe you're in for the right reasons more so than saying you want a little bit of more, a little bit more money. One seems better for right. sure. I think that I want to feel more fulfilling. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's hard to tell like how long, you know, it all lasts, but it's just like, if that's why I said, I'm just like, yo, if you're, if you're here and you feel it, then you should probably do it for your own mm-hmm. sake. You know, like it's the same way as like, I put on the same performance, whether there's five people in the room or 500, you know, like that's always the five or 500 thing, 500, 5,000. You just gotta, you gotta love it that deeply or believe in it that deeply. And for me, like I'd be writing, I was, I was writing before anybody ever heard what I was writing. I was writing before I ever thought that anybody would ever hear anything that I wrote. Whoa. And I think that I'll always do that. I, n- I had no intention. Maybe it's some far back part in my brain. Did I ever was like, I'm going to be a famous rapper. That was never the MO or anything. never, never a part of, especially early on, like that never drove what I was doing, you know, like why I was writing. So what drove it? Was it just wanting to express these thoughts? I think it was, um, it was an expression. It was a way to, I think, relate to, especially early on, like my friends, like I rap because one of the things that got me into writing and trying to like actually rap a little bit as my friends in Spanish class in seventh grade would like battle each other. And I thought it was cool, but I couldn't really participate. I didn't really know what they were doing. Obviously, I knew I knew they were rapping. I knew what they were doing, but I was like, I don't have any bars. You know oh, what I mean? Yeah. So, like, I'm, like, sitting here trying to, you know, piece together something. You were just trying to write some rap bars? Some yeah. battle bars? Yeah. Oh. So, this is probably, like, the most suburban thing ever in the world. <laughs> um, me and my friends used to go and make chat rooms on AIM. And battle each other in chat rooms. And I have some. I have some of them. I have them saved. I have a few of them. Um, these are probably from like ninth when I was in like ninth grade. But yeah, there was. Or how do you battle on aim? Like they would just type their verse, or yeah, yeah, you would just type the whole thing in, like, and then you would respond. Yeah, exactly. And it would go like a couple bars at a time because I think there. I don't know if there was like some character minimum, or you just felt like you needed to respond faster. But like, yeah, you would just write back. Dang. Like, and it was competitive for being on the internet. Like, people were talking shit to each other, like, yeah. everything. Um, because there was ones that you could make with your friends, like people you knew, mm-hmm. and then you could just go get into chat rooms. Like, it was a battle. There battle were battle people. chat rooms. What? On ne- AIM. It's a whole subculture I've never heard I don't know insane. how many people know. Saying this out loud now, I feel like I need to, like, do something about, like, battle chat rooms. This is, this is epic. Battle yeah, chat rooms. They, they were, uh, there was some way, too, that you could hit some, like, code in and it would, like, roll dice, and you would get a number, and, like, you would determine how pe- who was going to go first. By, what? Yeah, I don't remember the exact mechanics, but there was that component of it. Yeah, like we used to just go and like battle people. So I have battle bars. Like, I mean, a lot of my early raps were a mixture of like so, things that I was feeling. So we, and then me trying to like with people. So because you're in a chat room battling. So would everyone else in the chat room be like, you oh, you won, you won. Yeah, won? yeah, yeah. People, people would be like, yo, so-and-so killed it. Because <laughs> I was thinking, I was like, wait a minute, they're in a chat room, not just in like a two, one-way chat. Like it's, it's a mm-hmm. whole room, people just watching. Nah, yeah, yeah. People, people would be like, nah, he won. Because there were people that were in the battle. Like the this person's battling this person, this person's battling this person. So 
You would just at those or you know, like mention those people. Yeah, you probably ruined the lives of some deaf people in those chat rooms, bro. <laughs> <laughs> that probably gave some people a, a platform. They're probably like, "Oh, I can't hear anything," but like, but I got it, these bars. It's crazy random stuff like that that leads to now. You yeah, know, it's it's well, crazy stuff like that. So, um, the 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 one of my my main homies from like that moment of life, like he's still an artist. His name is Ninja Nicest. Like me and him go back to that moment. And he's still an artist now and he lives in Brooklyn. He's super dope. And it's just funny to be along that whole path with him, you know, sort of, but he early on was really making it a career like him and my homie nature that they, they early as teenagers at 18, 19, like they were doing it and they were a big Mm. inspiration for me. They showed me, they're like, yo, you could do it. The first people I ever opened for the first show I ever did was opening for them. Oh, wow. Yeah. So like that was, I was just like, okay, I can do this. You know, like I used to go and shoot their shows. That's how I was like, I could, I should, I have a couple of songs. Why don't I just perform before you guys? Like I would go and take pictures of them all, like every weekend. I would ride up to New York and go shoot them and their band. Cause they were in a group together. Mm-hmm. And that like, just kind of showed me, I was like, man, I can do this. Like that's that mentality from an early age that, you almost wish you had, you know, they, yeah. even I would, I'm so envious now just being, I wish I was 18, if I had 19, being my, like, I want to be a photographer yeah. for the rest of my life, yeah. which was crazy. If, eight, I kn- if I knew what I know now, but I knew what, some classic words, if I knew what I knew now, <laughs> yeah. no, that's totally, that's totally it, man. Yeah. I mean, um, one of my favorite lines from your, from your show that I remember was, it was, I'm going to say it terribly, so correct me. It was, uh, Something along the lines of too much sunshine is will, will kill a flower. Yeah, and so yeah, you need yeah, the rain yeah. to make so you can enjoy the sunshine. I, I don't know. I don't know if you remember how it goes. Yeah. No, I, you know what's really hard for me is that like for me to recite my rhymes, I have to start from the beginning and then go. Oh, it's like it's saying like the, the alphabet. Uh, okay. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, it's yeah. like, all right, I got to go A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Yeah, okay. But no, it's, it's from rain. And I know that's the, you kind of encapsulated the exact yeah. thing, you know, is that, is that we need, we need things to be, we need to be uncomfortable. You know, like plants thrive in a harsh environment. You know, that, you was, know, like that, that was a big reason why I moved out of the parents' basement into DC as well is because while I was hustling, I was doing everything I'm doing now. And I'm sure you can relate. You, you kind of look at yourself and you feel too comfortable. Yeah. I, I, I realized I kind of, that I kind of felt too comfortable. That's and I was where, like, you know what? I want that struggle because I feel like that's going to make me a better person. That's mm-hmm. going to make me just better in general or just, yeah. just that little edge. I need that little extra edge. Yeah. You need, you need a little bit of fire. Cause when you're too comfy, you don't, you're not inspired to do anything, you mm-hmm. know, like I think I, I kind of think about that too, of just being a, a kid in some ways is that like, there was always some level of comfort, like not to say that it completely was like, there definitely some shit that wasn't for my life, but like there was that, that, that thing of like comfort and like that can really trap you because you in that comfortability you're just like no oh, well it's nice here you know it's tomorrow. like laying in bed yeah. and you're just like you know instead of being like man this bed feels like it's made of spikes i gotta go out and like do something so i can get a better bed you know what i mean and like so you need that like we all need to be uncomfortable and that's that's it's part of what rain is about but that's the more or less the gist of air too. Like air is like, you need to be uncomfortable. Like you need to try to do different things. You have to put yourself outside of your comfort zone because that's where we grow the most. Anytime that, you know, anytime that you've 
then throws something, you always come out the other end more informed and and like realer for it. You know what I mean? Like currency has a line. He's like, what doesn't kill you makes you realer. Like that's it's true. It's like it just deepens your. You also gotta have the right mindset when you go through stuff. I think a lot of people go through stuff and they feel like, where am I going with this? You when you go through something crazy or that crazy time in life, it's like you want to look at it and be optimistic. I yeah. think a lot of people can be look, look bad about it. And as, as, instead of always trying to find the light, it's really easy for to look, to find darkness in things and to not have the right positive mental attitude about things. Right. I don't know. It's, it's, I feel like it's rarer and rarer and I feel like positivity goes a lot further in bad situations or just always being like, it does. It definitely does. And like, that's been something that's like been a work in progress for me is like really how to maintain positivity while like while working struggling. through, yeah. Like, you know, while working through something and like, again, it just goes back to the reason why creators like those things make me feel better. That's my positivity. If I can share this thing, I have this outlet. That's where the energy goes. It's like, you can spin it's like spinning straw into gold or, you know, lemons to lemonade, whatever it is. It's just like, there's been times where I felt terrible and I've sat down and write, I could be crying. I could be going through it. Like I could be f- thinking the worst things ever. And if I come up with the right way to express those feelings, I can't not be proud of myself. It makes me happy. Like in that moment, something could be really terrible. And I'd be like, damn, that was a fire bar. Like <laughs> that makes me like it pulls me out. I'm like, all right, cool. If it's not for nothing, but it teaches you, taught me something so profound is just like, there's something beautiful in all of this thing that sucks. I can take, there's always a gem somewhere in there. And I don't think that you need to necessarily write raps to understand that. Like, I, I feel like you can find it. You can take some type of negative energy and just make it positive. Mm-hmm. Like, and not in like a really corny way of like the house is on fire, but it's okay. I'm immune to fire. Yeah, like, no, yeah. you're going to get burned. Get out of the yeah, house. Yeah. You know what I mean? Maybe this is, maybe you needed to get out of the house. You needed the house to burn, to put you into a new house, a new situation. You don't want the house to burn. It sucks. It sucks. The house is burning. Yeah. Now it, take some action. That was, you know? well, that was the ultimate mental flip right there, by the way. That was a good one. You, <laughs> flip that, you just flip the house being on fire to being like, okay, I needed it to burn. <laughs> yeah. Like, no, like you have, because that's like, it's adaptation. So real quick, while we're talking in the middle of this, uh, where can people get bloom? Just so anyone listening right now, after they hear all this amazing stuff, I want to think, <laughs> uh, we're going to do that right now. Where, like, where do they find um, it? Where do they download it? You can it? literally just, if you type in brain wrap on any, streaming platform um or even just follow me on instagram that links in my bio to basically where you can listen to it if you but but if you just google brain rap itunes or type me in on spotify yeah it's called bloom cool but definitely type in brain rap first because i'm sure that two pieces yeah with one with the extra p because if you don't do that you might get a rap about somebody's brains or it's gonna be trying to do like brian rap it's something different but or brainwrap.com, but just you, I'm, I'm everywhere. All my social media is the same. So dude, so how long have you been a barista for? I've been a barista for two years, just over two years. Nice. Yeah. I, I've been a barista for as well. It's, 
I kind of enjoyed it a little bit. It's yeah. cool. I've always yeah. had a passion for food and everything like that. But yeah. when it came to coffee, I was very mystified. I'm still mystified. Yeah. Can it's, you, it's, it's cool. Like it, it was something that I would just felt. It was something that for the past, basically since I started working like a full-time job, like coffee really started to become a part of my life, like a part of my routine. Um, because that's what allowed me to work initially when I first got out of college, I was working as an arborist for, for Pepco basically. What is that? And, What's an arborist? Um, so I would basically make sure that make that people's trees aren't falling on power lines. Okay. Okay. To put a very small, you know, yeah. thing on it. Um, I don't know how deep we want to get into arbor care today. Cause I, I can go into it. Like I just get, never heard arborist. I was like, what yeah, the hell is yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so I was doing that, but I was working like four, 10 hour days and like, I still wanted to go home and create when I mm. came home. So I would, I would work 10 hours. I'd go home. I'd eat a little bit of dinner. I'd drink a cup of coffee around four o'clock. And that was enough to get me two hours of writing between eight and 10. Dude, it's crazy how much coffee can change, how, how much it just changes your mind. Right. It, it really it's helps crazy. me too. Like if I'm, sometimes if I'm feeling down, I was like, I don't know if that's like a bad thing, but whatever. I'm like, I'm drinking a cup of coffee, but like, it can change my mood. Like it definitely influences my mood. Not like if I don't have coffee, I'm like this raging person by any means. I'm not one of those people who are like, I can't focus without coffee. Like I work in coffee. Like I'm fine. If I don't have a cup of coffee, it's okay. Maybe I'll get a headache around like three, but yeah. I'm not going to die. You know what I mean? But, but it is very, it, it's a good transition too. I think that any type of thing helps you transition from one mode to a next. Some people, it is like a joint. They get off work and they want to go do something else. So they hit a bowl real quick. Like that used to be my transition, mm. but then coffee just replaced it. Now, instead of smoking at three o'clock, I'm just drinking a cup of coffee at three o'clock and I'm writing. Yeah, no, 100%. You know? it, it, I mean, I'm 100% addicted to coffee. I'll admit it, but yeah. I'm not like, <laughs> nah, and that's, it's, a, that's it's one of the nice thing things about, it, it about takes it. the morning edge off, takes the midday edge off of it. Like, what the hell are people who don't drink coffee? When someone doesn't drink, drink coffee, one, I don't trust them. <laughs> and two, uh, I'm like, that moment in your day when you just feel like, I want to take a nap. Yeah. And they don't drink coffee. What the hell do they do? No, nah, no. I, I, I literally, that happened to me today. Before this, I was like, oh some people just run off of energy. I'm so impressed that my brother in law, like, he doesn't drink coffee. Mm-hmm. He doesn't drink tea. I'm like, I don't know how you. I don't know how you do it, but if you've never had it, you also, your body just knows. Or does he to, give himself like a mental pep talk? You got this. But you got you it. Got Transition this. in this Someone's just thing. doing the Shia LaBeouf just flexing in his head yeah. like, you can do it. Yeah. Not, not me. So I just always had this, I was like, it became more and more a part of my life. And I was just like, man, I could just drink coffee and talk to people. How deep in the coffee game are you as barista? Are you like into the whole cupping stuff? Like, do you... Are you like hardcore in the latte art? What's the deal? I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty nice at latte art. Yeah. I'll, I'll give myself. Yeah, I'll give that latte art, bro. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Like I'm not I'm not the... like like super competition level, but like I could I can whip some shit. Like I can I can make pretty good latte art. Yeah. Like for sure. Even with um, oat milk. Absolutely with oat milk. Damn. Dog, my my oat milk game is because I drink oat milk like for myself. So oh okay. I make it. I can make it really well. Yeah, like really good. I've always had the oat milk. I, oh, I always kind of wanted to hate oat milk, but it's not bad. It's, it's it, especially in comparison to other non-dairy, it's, it's fire. Mm. Like it's definitely a lot better texture-wise for steaming and um, I think flavor. Like 
the other thing that a lot of people use is almond milk and like almond tastes like almond ish. It has a nutty, uh, like a nutty and that can be overpowering. You grow to like it over time. But I think that oat milk, even though it's oaty, is that oat is a more neutral flavor. It's like Cheerios. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's Cheerios are bland, but still have flavor. What do we get? What do we have? Oat milk, almond milk. Uh, what other crazy milk? I like, um, pea milk. I've had pea milk. Um, hemp milk. Hemp milk. What's that taste like? Tastes like hippies armpit. (laughs) I don't, it, it was grassy. It was, Uh, I've only had it, I think like once or twice. It was kind of like grassy. And then eating a seed or something. I like, um, macadamia milk. That sounds luxurious though. It is. That's nice. It's a, there's a company called Milkadamia that bakes it. Ooh, and that's pretty good. That sounds delectable. They have one that's like a little bit sweet, but even the completely unsweetened one is good. But I've never actually worked with it in coffee. I just buy it at the grocery store. But it's it's good. I think I think people don't realize how much goes into like a great, perfectly crafted cup of coffee. It's it's not just roasted beans and water. It's when you get to it's point A to point B, it's, it's, it's the temperature of the water, how much roast of the beans, how fine or coarse the ground is, how fast it's pulling through the machine. And then you, and so then, many things. And then on top of that, it's, 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 let's say you got that right. Then it's kind of milk you're using. How, are you how frothing you it? The yeah, how do you yeah. steam it? Is it too hot? Is it too much? Like, yeah, it's, it's an art, man. It, it really and is an art. I think that's, it. I think that's the, that's why I think like, I know a lot of artists who work in coffee and I think that it's, it is, it's an art. That's why people like to do it. You know what I mean? Like, especially I think artists are more drawn to it because there is, you know, you get to tinker with the things you can get really Unless you work at Starbucks, it. then it's not well, it's all t- automated. That, and that's the thing. And I tell people all that all the time. I'm like, that's the major difference is that you can't, the people that work there, they're not even given the opportunity to, nope. to make something themselves they don't they can't even steam the milk themselves like they they pour it in and they put it underneath the thing that's temperature regulated yeah it's it's completely automated auto, and like auto steamed milk right it takes the it takes the human out of the experience and also like and like that's just the preparation but all that went into everything previous like making it is even just getting it here, like this, this thing came from a small farm in Ethiopia that a family owns and they, they curate these fields. And then somebody went over there and they sampled everything that they had before they even roasted. They're looking at it and there, you know, there's people that are called Q graders or like quality graders. Mm-hmm. And they're like master sommeliers of coffee and they work oh. for coffee companies and they go to the sites to the fields to the farms and they go and they meet with people they roast they drink it they cup it just to get it back here just to roast it and then you have the whole art of roasting a cup of coffee yeah then it comes over to you and then the crazy thing is is like i see this more with like pour over coffee Mm. than maybe not so much lattes because you lose a lot of flavor of it when you add anything to it especially like yeah. eight ounces of milk like a latte is delicious don't get me wrong but like it's Way not usually latte, the best thing to gauge how something tastes you know what i mean so like people and i got told this i got hit but it was actually the very first time that i went to one of the company that i work for now i went to the locations long before i was like into specialty coffee or knew what it was i got a pour over i was like this sounds fancy and 
a dollar more too. Yeah. And, and so the guy, I, I get it. And, you know, I asked him, I'm like, I was like, where, where's your guys half and half? And he was like, he was like, yo, he's like, you can, you know, more or less. He was like, you can put that in there. He's like, but you have to understand that like this cup of coffee you're drinking came from a small family's farm, half the country away. And like from that point to where it is now, a lot of people had their hands on this who really cared about how this, this thing tasted. Mm. And it put a lot into perspective for me. I'm like, yo, somebody made it worked really hard to make sure that this tastes the way that it does that. Did you feel like suddenly disrespectful about putting half and half hell in there? Yeah, definitely. Like, um, yeah, your homie screwed by the way. It's, it's, it's oh, locked, is it locked? And I'm not going to get up. I'm going to run into a bunch of stuff. Oh, Okay. Do you want to just open it for him real quick? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I Since got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Trying to bump anything. Oh, I didn't. I, no, I'm not going to touch it. I knew it was going to get locked up. I just didn't want to say anything. Oh, yeah. No, it's cool. Good deal. Yeah. I knew you were going to get locked up, bro. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's all good, man. Security. But yeah, but no. So yeah, you feel like instantly disrespectful of putting a half and half in. <laughs> yeah, I was like... And I totally, I to- totally was just like, yeah. I still did it. But like, but that kind of got me into like that mode of thinking. And then when I started working in coffee, I really understood that. Like there's a, there's a way to get people to think about their drink that way where you don't have to be a dick. Like I've, yeah. I've, I've found the art of conveying to somebody. I'm that, like, that guy sounds like a little bit of a dickhead. Yeah. And it's hard. It, it's hard to tell somebody to be like, yo, just don't, you're going to mess your drink up or at least just giving it a chance. Yeah, at, at least taste it. it before you put the half and half because egg. maybe enjoy it. It's one of those things that is like people just associate coffee with cream and sugar. I you know what I mean? If you put cream and sugar next to some side by side and you were like, what does this remind you of? Somebody would be like coffee with yeah. no coffee there. You know what I mean? Because they, they're so fundamental to our thinking about coffee. So I get it. It's like you get the coffee. Well, it needs cream. It needs sugar. But does it? I mean, like, yeah. If like it's, you feel if like it's, it's almost incomplete without these two other Yeah, things. exactly. Well, you know, if it was Folgers crystals that was, you know, roasted in, you know, been roasted the same way since 1950. Ugh. Yeah, probably. But otherwise. Do you think Folgers is bad, though? I, I haven't drank Folgers in a while. And right. to be also, uh, to be completely honest, too, is like, I'm not that much of a coffee snob. Just bent, just, I don't care if people drink. Dunkin' Donuts every day. I don't, I don't, I don't. Dude, I wouldn't diss Dunkin' Donuts. You'll, you'll be dissing like the entire northeast of, of, <laughs> oh, of what, the America. Whatever it is, 7-Eleven coffee. If it's good to you, that's all that matters. Do you? Yeah. And then not even just like that. The most important thing is that you like what you're getting. If you come to our shop and you taste something, but I think you should give yourself the opportunity to taste something that are different. Like I would also not say that 7-Eleven is equivalent to specialty coffee. Oh, is not it, at all. It's I mean, treated differently from the beginning, so you should treat it differently at the end. That's I see them almost as two different things. Like there's coffee that are that's roasted that is fantastic with milk. It's okay on its own, or it might be good on its own. But when you put that in a latte, it's fire. And you're not. Can we just talk about a latte real quick? A latte should just not exist. 
there is just way too much milk in a latte. I'm a big fan of a flat white. Flat whites are bomb. Yeah, flat whites are my drink of choice, which is hard to do with oat milk. It's hard to keep that uh, milk really thin. What do you, what, I'm, I'm very dumb at that. What makes a flat white a flat white? Um, the amount of milk and also the lack of, like, foam it's you know it's like it's flat people don't know the difference um, between so foam like, and steamed milk yeah it's like a thin it'd be like a thin short latte is what i think of as a flat white somebody might no one i don't think anyone listening even myself knows what that means yeah so <laughs> so it'd be like if you had a latte but maybe you had a 12 ounce cup yeah it would maybe be like six seven ounces instead of having maybe like always be more watery like it's runny or mm. so like if you had the cup and you shook it, you might get more of a wave. If you have a latte that has that's been made properly and you shake it, it'll wiggle like a little bit. If you have a thick cappuccino and you wiggle it, it's not really going to move. Mm. And that's how the differences in the texture of the milk kind of shake out okay. for the most part. And like I just particularly like. Yeah, flat white seems very white. smooth. Yeah, very it's like. It feels like a really great mix. Those are the, that's the drink of choice of Australians and people from New Zealand. And so when they come in and they ask, do you have a flat white? And I'm like, I'm like, I got you. Maybe that was a more British accent. I'm sorry if anybody. Yeah, that was very British. I'm not working on it. Accents are hard, man. Yeah. I I wasn't going to go for it. I was like, I had this very small moment of like, should I go for this accent right now? No, I, I, yeah, I respect you <laughs> for that accent. And I was like, <laughs> honestly, I, but, if I just said like an Australian accent in my mind, I was like, Ooh, that was that was British shit. Yeah, no, I, that's totally what I did. I was like, no, nah, I'm British. I still haven't pinned down exactly what it's flat white. It's just it, it's, is is it the consistency of the milk? Yeah, yeah, okay. texture. That, that's why I would call like and, and how you the amount it, and, and texture. How you steam it. Yeah, or like oh. really like so maybe when you're making a latte, you're gonna go with the steam one. You're gonna be like, you know. Maybe just that much. Now you're going to stick it in until it's, you know, it's, it's hot enough. Yeah. But like when I make a flat white, it's like, and then I just, the rest of the temperature, the rest of the time is temperature. I'm just making it hot. You put the steam at the bottom essentially. Or just, just do it very early on and do a very thin, just a little bit of steam. Uh, So so it's like less bubbles and more hot milk. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Exactly. So it doesn't really get. Thick. It's very when it's that came out. Drink. That was like the drink at Starbucks, the flat white, the flat. And I don't, and I don't even know how they would make one. But so here is what I was gonna say about you know our 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 Aussie friends. Um, I've asked them. I'll be like, when they come in, I'll be like, how's your flat white? And like people have told me again and again, they'll be like, that's the best one I've had since I've been in the states. Damn. Like that's how I gauge whether or not the drink that I'm doing is correct by other people by their standards because. Mm. People, especially from um, um, from Melbourne, like Melbourne's like a huge coffee. It's like Seattle kind of thing. So like people really know their stuff. You know what I mean? Like people are really into like specialty coffee, and it's getting good coffee is really really easy there. So when I have people who are like, "Yo, this is good," I'm like, "Bet." So this must be sort of a formula for making it's this like, trick it's like a business metaphor like the market determines what's good you don't determine it's you nah. could think your stuff is amazing but if the market's like nah dude then it's probably nah dude yeah if if, if totally. everyone's telling you that it's dope then oh, this might be a little dope right it might be pretty good right yeah shit <laughs> how much coffee you drink every day 
I'm usually about like two ish cups. Same. Maybe two to three, but it's hard to measure in cups. I think of it more as like coffee times. It's like drinks. How many drinks you yeah, have? Yeah. Because when I, especially if I'm opening in the morning, I have to taste the espresso. You don't have to drink it, but I do. Like to sit and like sip it and be like, and then spit it out. It just feels lame to me. It's too, I don't like spitting that much, I guess. I don't know what it's it is. It's just, it's weird. So I just, I'm drinking a little bit of espresso, but just like mouthfuls essentially just to make sure like, okay, this is too bitter. It needs an adjustment. This is, you know, this is good. So we have to do that every morning and then every afternoon. So if I'm either working in the morning, so I'm drinking a little bit then around nine, 10 o'clock. I'll maybe have, if I'm at work, I'll have, you know, I have my flat white. And then when I get home for the most part around like three, four o'clock, I'm either drinking, depending on the season, like a hot cup of coffee. Cause now I'm making it at home. Um, or doing like a, like, Oh yeah. Moving to the city. My ass like making coffee ice. at home. I'm not spending four or five dollars and no. Oh, well that's another that. thing too, is like, because I work in coffee, I don't, I don't almost ever pay. The only time I pay for coffee is when I go somewhere else. So yeah. like, and like you're like, oh, I really want to try this. Yeah, nah, I don't. I just drink free coffee. Yeah, nice. what I have at work or what I take home with me from work. Oh yeah, coffee's what's up, dude. Yeah, I'm about the transition here, but coffee makes me horny. It's isn't it? Is that weird? I haven't heard of many things like it does make me like wanna fuck, but like it kind of turns me on a little bit. Like yeah, I could totally it, feel that. It gets your blood flowing, right? If it, it like loosens up the valves or something, mm-hmm. man. Like nah, I just, I, I could feel you yeah, on that. That's I feel like random. I've said that people people are just like, what? You're weird. I'm like nah, man. I, it kind of does. It kind of gets you kind of going. Yeah, you up and yeah. Nah, I totally feel that. Shit. Anyways, man. So, uh, so what's coming up with you, man? What's coming up with Brian's brain wrap? Like anything else? Like what's um what's on the full ray here? Really just right now, just trying to to do more with the album, you know, release visuals. I was just tweeting this the other day. It's funny, you know, it's like my album came out three weeks ago. And like, at this point, I can't really even send it to outlets anymore. It's old news, you know what I mean? Oh, like, you basically have a week to promote your album after it. If people are going to write about it, they're writing about it in that week. And if that time elapses, like... You can't just, I can't hit somebody like a month out and be like, Hey, here's this new album. You never heard before. It's a month old. Did you write about it? Like maybe that happens. But like for the most part, people are like, this came out like there's places that are like, don't send us anything that's more than two weeks old or four weeks old. That's scary. So now you have to create more things to talk about. So if I, uh, if I release a video now, I can be like, well, this is the video from the album. Okay. uh, Now I'm talking about it always has to be fresh. Right, so there has to be some new type of content. It can't be the album. That's scary for the most to part. think that someone could spend a whole year working on an album, and then if you don't promote it within the first month, it's like it's it, a, it's it didn't a, happen. Sorry, it's, it didn't pop. It's, it's so stupid. It's <sighs> like it. It just sucks. It, really yeah, it does, sucks. Dude. It sucks. But so you just—it's one of those things where you gotta be creative. So you gotta keep doing things again, or move them to a different area, or redo an idea like what i really love to do is take what i did for the album release and do that again but condense the day and the night event into like one thing mm. um what did you do during the day of that event oh so i had a, like a pop-up flower and coffee shop oh, that in that sense. space that's dope yeah i took i took we took all the stuff out for the show but yeah i was made we were in there me and so me and my girlfriend both work in coffee we're also both artists um She's she's the vocalist on light. That female vocal that you hear is her. Okay. Um is Ava. And 
so we were both well she was really making coffee that whole day so she's in there doing pour overs for everybody we did free coffee i had one of my friends who grows um like got into like urban farming like grow some like herbs and stuff like that like oh, actual that herbs um and he was like selling them there <laughs> to people and like talking about gardening yeah, with like people. a rap farmer's market yeah yeah that, <laughs> shit i didn't even think about yeah, it but like that farmer's market Damn, you can steal yeah. it's cool dude Nah, that but so that was funny because like that is actually a name for kind of exactly what that was that and like a whole pop and like and what and what I really want to do like like I intend to do that again but I want to involve more people like mm-hmm. I want to bring in people from different you know just like more even have more artists before I don't want to be the only person especially when I have an album to promote like I really still want to perform my album but if you saw my album like six weeks ago maybe that's not going to be your main draw you know the songs I'm going to perform. You know, like, that's why you have to be careful in the amount of shows you do where, because people will be like, dog, I saw you last month. I love you, man. But like, mm. I saw you last month. You know, there's only so many. But you also perform with a band. Like, that's what I thought was. That really was the cool. first time I ever did that. Really? Yeah. I thought that I mean, was so badass that you weren't doing it over a backing track. Yeah, that was. Was that nerve wracking? Nah, we, we had practiced enough that it okay. was that. I mean, I, I'm always a little nervous before I perform just in general, but Naturally. like. But I wasn't worried about any problems. I think I've also performed enough that, like, I don't, um, like, I've I've messed up things before on stage. And I'm like, Hell okay, yeah. the world didn't stop. I've done the same verse twice. I forgot verses. Like, everything, you know, besides, like, falling all the way down. Right? So I just know that, like, if something happens, just laugh and then just be like, okay. Dude, that was time to go. That setup was cool. The band and then you were live sampling. That was so sick. That's the first time I did that too, because you can't <sighs> do that with a backing like track. I mean, you can yeah. to an extent, but then you have to loop that track. Do you longer. always want to perform like that? Or is it just not something that's sustainable it's, as far as it's definitely harder to do one. We have to coordinate. So now I need, that's why there was only two you people. Depend on two other people. I have yeah. to, they have to really care about what I care about. And yeah. I, you know, one of the things you realize I think quick is that nobody cares as much as you do about <laughs> what you're doing. And that's how it should be. Big facts. You know what I mean? Like it's really, you can be mad all you want about it, but that's the reality of it is that no one's going to care more than you. It might be a problem with somebody who cares more than you, you know, that you might need to like take that into account. Like, damn, this person seems more worried about it. You know, like this person's trying harder for me in my career than I am. That's a problem. You know, I would never want that. But for me, it's just like, okay, I can, you know, I can do this essentially. No, I feel that man, you know, hundred percent. Jesus. I don't know, man. I I don't know. It's it's crazy. And the fact that I could hear guys sneezing out in the hallway is pretty interesting too. Yeah, that that sneeze was loud. Yeah. It sounded like a hi-ya. Kind of you know, like a space right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I kind of feel like an, an exhibit in a weird way, right? Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. People are like, what's happening Yeah, I here? saw some guy recording over there with his phone. Oh, for people listening who don't know, we're recording at this like really trendy hotel. And this yeah. is like their radio station and it's just really funny because I, I left the blinds up just to kind of see what happened when I shut them yeah and I just know so many people looking at us I started to feel like a hamster for a second I'm nah, like, it's cool hell? yeah they're, I'm like, they're probably I, like whoa I what's have going like a sign on that's like this is my show no Go you follow. should yeah yeah throw it up in the next, window next time I'm gonna yeah. that I'm gonna throw that shit up definitely oh. you could get like a like maybe like an LED joint or something like that is way too much man yeah my well maybe not maybe crazy. not that sorry that was a big if, if this was that might have been the quantum leap if this was my studio hell yeah I'd be like that's the angle right we live right yeah man 
Well, sweet, dude. Um, I feel like we're kind of at a good naturally ending spot here, man. Yeah. Um, I feel like people need to know where to follow you. Oh, just as that. Yeah, that's a, so. Just to wrap up, what's happening next? I'm just doing like I'm just trying to do yeah. more shows, release more videos, um, and just keep it, just keep it moving with it. You know, like I thankfully it's one of those things where you can still hear the music. If I go and perform it for you, it's new to you then. And like that doesn't get lost on listeners for whatever reason, for publications and stuff like that. They don't feel like that works, but it's just like, Oh, the song is four years old. Well, it's day one fresh to me and I love it. Mm. So why you wouldn't give people that opportunity? I don't know. I don't care. I'm not trying to change that, but like what I can control is what I do. So for me, it's like, I want to expand on, on on the event and i just want to hopefully just get out of town and do some more shows and you know i have one visual already i got ideas for other ones and that's always fun um you know so that's how we'll try to keep keep it fresh and keep it alive do what you're doing is epic and it's so relevant today's culture and to like every other person living in america and probably across the world so i i I really hope i really (laughs) seriously go listen to him and blast that shit all summer Thank you, yeah, man. That'd Thank be cool. you, yeah. Well, sweet man, if someone wants to follow you on Instagram um, or find the album, what should they do? So it's at on Instagram is at brain like what you think with R A two P's. So brain R A two P's, and then brainrap dot com, brain rap on iTunes, everything, and then the album's called Bloom because people have been listening to it. It's usually towards the top of the thing because it's also the newest thing. So that's that's really it, and. Another thing too, um, you know, if you if you listen and you fall in love and you've been streaming the heck out of it, please consider buying the album. <laughs> um, I just actually put something in my Instagram story today where I was just somebody, one of my artist friends, like posted basically, you know, what are a graph of what artists are getting paid I per thought, I thought artists made per a lot stream. of stream. I thought artists made buku bucks from streams these days. That was pretty pretty decent. Nah, it's not. <laughs> oh yeah, what? <laughs> it's. Oh man, this is when you when we get out of here. Look on Instagram at the thing, but I'll I'll, I'll tell you like Spotify is point zero one six cents a play. Point zero zero one six. Yeah, so it's a fraction of a penny for me to like. I was on Fresh Finds, um, on Spotify. I was one of their curated Whoa, that's curated epic. playlists. That's, that's epic as hell. Six hundred thousand followers. It got about so they 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 leave it on the playlist for a week and then they refresh the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, in the week it did about like ten thousand plays. That might be like thirty or forty dollars. Shit! Like if for people that are getting millions of streams a day, they're making money. They're making when they're a, streaming a, off all these platforms too. Uh, they're making a decent amount of money, but before that. It's not like what I've been telling people to do. If like, if they feel comfortable, Bandcamp is a great resource to get to just buy the album. If you go to brainwrap.bandcamp.com, mm-hmm. you can buy my album. You can pay what you want for it. Anything over, I think $7. So you can pay $7 and get it. When you buy it on Bandcamp, you get the actual files themselves. So you own the music. When you stream something, you don't ever own it. If I decide that I want to stop distributing that music, I don't care how much you love it. If I take it down, you can't listen to it anymore. Mm. That's it. It's gone. And that's how it is. So your favorite album, I mean, it's just like Jay-Z when he launched title, he yanked every Jay-Z album, except for the ones that he doesn't like from every other streaming platform. And now I can't listen to reasonable doubt anymore. 
and damn, I can always go buy it, of course, which like, you know, yeah, I own when, in when that regard. That caliber, you can do moves like that. And exactly. Like, <laughs> yeah. But when you're in JC level, I mean, you can make moves like I that. But for someone who's just like coming up yeah, and trying to get their shit. Can, you can't depend on streaming income. I can't do that. Yeah, exactly. So what I, and the other thing too is like, for people that I'm close to, I'm just like, yo, just, just cash at me like $7 PayPal. Because even Bandcamp takes a percentage of, yeah. it's not a huge one. Like it's pretty fair to be honest, but we could just skip all that. You know, you could just send me the money. I'll get your email and I'll send you the album. Send you the f- or you don't even, you could just send me $7 and stream it. Now you've respected the art. Like that's what I think mm. that people are missing out on. Is like, you could literally just send me $5, send me $10, whatever you feel is appropriate. And then just go stream it. Because for me to make $10 from you streaming something, you have to listen to my album I've always hundreds of times. I've, I've always felt like it, <laughs> and you might not do that. I, I always felt like it changed. Now I always felt like just as my personal was not, because of streaming, not everyone's going to buy the album. So it comes down to them paying to see you live and paying for Absolutely. your merch. So paying for anything like that. That's why I, I got t-shirts popping. That's where the design really helps is like, because that's how you make money. I mean, and that's, that's been true a lot, but like for the most part these days, that's why I, even the biggest artists stay on tour all the time. Like, and they they'll tell to. you about it. Like that's killer to people. You know what I mean? It's killer to your mental to be on the go like that, but Wears you have down. to because streaming sales, album sales aren't there and streaming sales aren't even cutting the bills for, for them. So how is it going to be for me? You know what I mean? Like, so I'm like, man, if you're listening, if you find yourself browsing through this like once a week or something for some consecutive amount of weeks, just send me a couple bucks. I don't, I don't even care. It would like, seriously, like you want your money. <laughs> nah, I just, it's because for me to get that type of, and it's a value thing. Mm-hmm. Like if you value it, you can, and it's like, I'm not busting anybody's head. Like people used to go buy albums from Sam Goody for like 16, $17. Like they were like 15. Yeah. Bucks, you yeah. were getting all that plastic casing that like they were getting a lot of all that shit. I'm like, look, you send me seven bucks and I'll send you the music. Hell You'll yeah. own it forever. Word, I'll send man. you all the artwork for it. I'll send you everything. <laughs> and that you have, you have it. And whether you ever open that email in your life or whether you download it and forget about it, you can stream it to your heart's content now. Like mm. I got what I feel like the thing is worth. I mean, obviously I think it's worth more than that, but like, you know, in, in a, in a supply and demand situation, if that's what you're cool with paying, like that's what I'm cool with getting. You mm. know what I mean? Like I'm happy with that. I feel like this is fair and that's, you know, really all I could ask for. But if, if that's how you want to stream, cool. But pull up on a show. And this goes not only for me, but that's for any artist. Oh, yeah. Any artist. Go pull up on them. If they're in town, pull up on them. And there's so many free ways to support artists. Like, people don't understand the power of getting on your Instagram story and be like, hey, I'm listening to this right now. Dude, that's huge. People don't realize that four or 500 people might click that, yeah. go listen to the album, get that stream, get that play, or just get even that. just see it. So yeah. when maybe they see you again, they're like, oh, I remember that name. My homie was listening to that. Like, just like it's so love. simple or, or even commenting on things because algorithms are driven by interaction. So if you comment on my post on something new, I did somebody else is more like, I'm now more mm. likely to see that to be on somebody else's thing. The more people are doing that, the more that thing is like, well, this is something it's important. Like, if, if you're not going to spend money, then at least hit them with the at 
Say the hit album me, was dope. Hit me with a couple. Hit, hit me with, with a, a couple emojis. Hit me with some emojis like, on the comments. Yeah, you, it, you can re- you can return it in one way or another. It helps so much. Word, man. Word. Well, I I, I appreciate you coming on the show. It's been cool. I loved it, man. This yeah. was like the perfect way to end my day. Hell yeah. Yeah. Well, hi, yeah, man. Well, everyone, please go check him out. Really should. Thank run you. your day. Thank you. That's it. That's the angle. Peace out. Peace. Word. Now I just have to stop it. <laughs> that was fun, man. That was real fun.